What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Blue Mountain Village Voices. Joining us today is Sean McKinley, a fifth-generation Town of the Blue Mountains local with a history steeped in agriculture, our local service economy, and volunteerism. Some of Sean's volunteer work includes our local branch of the Royal Canadian Legion, as well as serving as director on the Clarksburg Village Association. Sean is also blazing a trail as the Blue Mountains' first millennial candidate running for election at town council a sign of progress and diversification of engagement within our community. Join us to learn about Sean's deep community roots, his passion for volunteerism, and his ideas for the future. Well, welcome, Sean McKinley. Welcome to the Blue Mountain Village Voices podcast. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you for the invitation, Andrew. This is fantastic. I'm very excited to do this. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. So you are running for town council in the town of the Blue Mountains. Congratulations. I am. Well, thank you. Don't congratulate me yet. (laughs) I think it's always a great just volunteering and participating in the process is an achievement in and of itself. So really, you know, on behalf of all of our listeners and members in the community, thank you for, you know, raising your hand and saying, I'd like to participate in this. I think it shows great leadership. So congrats. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background about your your history and experience in the community? Okay, well, uh, my history being that unlike a lot of folks, I or a few folks in town, I'm a fifth generation of this area. When my my great great grandparents came here from Scotland, they settled and agriculture has been our main homestead. What's been prevalent through my entire family, uh, like each generation, is just a, is a source of volunteerism. And it's just been it's been the trickle down, right? And I've been volunteering for as long as I can remember in my community. Like I started out with the 4-H Calf Club and then, you know, I got a little older and then I was a Rockland Junior Farmer, which was one of the best times of my life, right? And I'm actually now, I'm part of a great many community groups, one being that I've been honored by uh, being given my life membership at the Legion for my volunteerism there, my leadership skills. Uh, I'm the master of the Masonic Lodge, which is, you know, oogity boogity, all secret, not so (laughs) secret. I'm a board member on the Clarksburg Village Association, the Blue Mountain Historical Society, and the Trillium Home Board LOBA, which is a philanthropic group we give money to support people and programs. And it's great to be part of. And also, too, number one, being my musical background of being a piper in the Beaver Valley Pipes and Drums for 25 years now. Wow. wow. Get out there and I see a lot of street and a lot of people. I'll bet. Yeah. And you know, you get to learn a lot about a community when you perform for them, don't you? You sure do. You know, performing like that too helps build skills and build self-confidence and, you know, get to be the loudest instrument in the world, right? Or (laughs) one of the loudest ones. And, uh, but it's also one of the hardest ones being that you don't have music. You have to memorize every bit of music that you're playing. You've got to breathe, you've got to march, you've got to be aware of your surroundings or else you'll fall over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an important part of the yeah. performance. Yes, stay yeah. upright. Yeah, I've just been a member of my community for the longest time. I went to the public school in here. I was at Beaver Valley Community School is what it was called then. And then went to Georgia Bay Secondary School is what it was called then too. We had 
the Vikings was our team back then. Then off to Fanshawe College, where I became, uh, did my trade school, become an automotive service technician. And then I have done a great many things, different things. And a side question, do you, do you find that that automotive program has left you with skills? Like, are you really good with you know, maintaining your car or having that kind of knowledge? Well, to be honest, and I'm sure my girlfriend would tell you, is the old adage that the shoemaker's kids always go barefoot. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good skill set that way. And That's amazing. It, things. If I had an alternative universe career, it, I would go back and I would do exactly that. I'm a bit of a car junkie and I wish I knew more had I've done some self-taught stuff, but I, I just think it's a very cool field. And like any other industry, it's changing. New technology. Look at we're going through this revolution to battery power. It's a really interesting field. It is. It is. And when I was in the trade, like it's a skill set that I'll never lose. I don't think anyways. I hope not. But things have been advancing a lot, especially with battery operated cars. Even some of them at the time, you know, it was all new. And yeah. now everything, everything just continues to change. You're a drywaller as well. So yeah, you sort I of do. work in yeah, the I'm residential side. So contractor. I do, yeah. Do drywall and taping and painting. And, uh, I, I enjoy that the most because it's, you know, you're not locked in a garage or you're out in the daylight. Yeah. You've got flexibility. My thing is meeting new people. I, I love meeting new people. Don't matter where you're from or, or what, what walk of life you are. It's, I just enjoy people. So it's, it's always a great experience. Yeah. I bet you that's taken you all really all across the region into oh, yeah. different communities. Some very new and nice or some very old and, you know, gentrifying, whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah. No job is ever the same. And as you say, across the region, I mean, I've done jobs as far as up on Six Mile Lake, which is gorgeous. Yeah, well, Hard to work doing <laughs> doing drywall taping when you just when you're on Six Mile Lake. It's just sort of like, mm, I could do this or maybe I want to go fishing. Yeah, so. <laughs> Can I do both? Somehow? Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. I was wondering if you could just give us a sense. What was it that made you decide that you wanted to run for election? What was your motivator? Well, really, uh, I feel that right now we've had a lot of challenges and a lot of change in our community. And the reason I decided to go for it this term is because it feels like the right time. To, this is the right time in my life. To me, it feels like we've got a, a momentous shift coming. And I just felt like it was I was ready. Yeah, the stars have to align, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything in particular that you hope to achieve or that you want to see this town achieve in the next few years? Yeah, well, definitely. My main objective is to represent our age demographic of voter, of residents in this community. You know, I, I appreciate the initiatives that have been taken, you know, and I will not be hard on any previous council or current or previous council because they've always made the best decisions they can with what they've got to work with at the time. What I want to bring to the table is the younger perspective on any project, namely like, you know, a long-term care facility. That's great. Okay. You know, that's where we all hope to get to. But my shift is to say, okay, that's one end of the spectrum. Let's turn it around. Let's look at to the other way. What about childcare? What about doctors? Yeah. What about attainable housing? Yeah. Right. What about youth initiatives? I yeah. mean, there's so many things that it's nice to think that we live in Mayberry with Andy Griffith walking <laughs> up and down the street, but we don't. And, right. you know, how can we maintain that perspective? And that's what I think I want to try and do and bring to the table. I don't know if this is a breaking comment, but I think you might be the first millennial running for election in the town of Blue Mountains in its history. 
I'm going to make that claim today and we'll see if someone can uh, yeah, maybe somebody can challenge us that. on that. But I think that that in and of itself is interesting. But I do think you're onto something. The millennial generation has a lot of really important lived experience points of view and is really wanting to engage more in this, this sphere of our community. So I think you're bringing something fresh and important. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, no, I do. That's what I, I'm representing. And that's where, you know, I've said before is that when it comes to being around that table is that, you know, I would be objectifying what our constituency wants to see, not what I think personally. Want to keep that at a minimum because what I personally think is not reflective of what you think, you know, right. or what you as the community want to see. As I said about the youth, you know, we've got to be thinking ahead and a community such as our own that's grown and uh, pretty much as I saw the numbers, the number of residents in our community has almost doubled of yeah. occupying residents. And so with my many travels with the Legion, with different you know organizations, I see other communities. I see communities where there are hosts of homeless youth. And so then that community is left to try and deal with that. How do you deal with that? Well, the best way is to be proactive rather than reactive in my mind. And it's easy to ignore. And in a community like our own, if you don't see it in front of you, then it's easy to not see it at all. Yeah. And you got to go digging sometimes. You, you got to look a little, a little further to find some of those challenges, don't you? you? Do. So you are uh, a leader within the, the Legion located in Clarksburg and you're part of the Clarksburg Village Association. And so, you know, I have a question around economic development, but I'm going to narrow it a little bit to the Clarksburg community because I think a lot of listeners don't get to hear enough about Clarksburg and its sort of economic fortunes and needs. But I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you see that community evolving and growing and then what kind of needs you think are required to help it continue on its economic growth plan. Yeah, being right there, what really helped bring us together, I would say, was the formation of the COVID task force relief or the Relief Task Force, where we were able to be completely connected with each mm. other. And what a big difference. I was on there representing the Legion. I had no idea there were as many service groups in our community until that point in time, which is great. That's why I'm sitting here today, because I get to meet you. So it really was a big thing. And that's where in the future, that's something I think we should hold on to, because it, it you know just increasing that communication you don't have a battle of the street anymore. You're able to go, oh, okay, well, we'll plan our event next weekend instead of this one because, you know, the Corvette club's coming down. They're going to need room to park. We better let the Marsh Street do what their event is or even the CVA doing a children's festival or, or whatever. And then there's no more surprises and you get more of the community attending events because they all were all working together, which is a beautiful thing. When you sort of spread it out like that, it really does give either the local community or visitors or whomever, our neighbors, a sense that there's vibrancy kind of almost every day all through the seasons. And yeah. that helps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Are there any challenges that 
your colleague organizations in Clarksburg have felt that you think might be holding them back from, from economic growth? No, if anything, I've seen Clarksburg growing over the course of this last couple of years and continuing to grow thanks to, well, it's private revitalization. But, yes. But it's it's amazing. It's a gorgeous piece of property that now has several businesses that have come back to Clarksburg, which is amazing. You know, there was there was a time, yeah, where you could hear the the sidewalks rolling up at nighttime because yeah, there was really nothing much to do. And now, you know, right down to uh, do the shout out for Abby at the market at Marsh, right? You can walk in there, grab your produce and a coffee or a sandwich, anything. It's such a beautiful addition to the community, along with everything else that's there to offer. It's it's really growing. It's starting to hit the boom. Regardless of economic downturn, it's still everybody's there and going strong as far as I know. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good to hear. In a more broader perspective, town-wide, is there anything else that you think the town can do to sort of strengthen the economic growth or or maybe even focus on some of our challenges? Well, I think that's exactly that's exactly it, is to keep up, uh, to me, it would be keep up the good work, keep up these communications between our intergroups, because then only then are we able to support each other. Because that's that's what we're doing, you know. We're supporting each other, like a good community is the the good community we are. I should say, yeah. yeah. And you know that communi- you know, communication is key. It's a wonderful thing, and I think it should keep going. It doesn't necessarily have to be labeled as a you know a task force or relief, but for sure. But to even just to keep you know keep our groups getting together and talking to each other, amazing. And you know, I guess the next to further your question would be, let's see how we could grow that. How can we make that a bigger bigger picture, right? Then work and and figure out a way and work it in. Yeah. The Legion itself is a bit of a gem. And you know, I think maybe we don't know enough about it or or understand when it's open or that anyone can go. Could you tell us a little bit about the Legion and maybe a little bit about how it's changing as a community service? Sure. Yeah. We're constantly trying to move past the stigma of a smoke-filled beer hall with old guys talking about the war. Yeah. It's a new age. One of our mottos is a veteran is a veteran is a veteran. You know, we're, we're shifting things to, to support them, support any veteran or their families that yeah. might be in need because it does happen that they need assistance and that we're here for them. In case in point, you know, even just looking at the last 20 years, we have got a lot of new veterans that have come back home from Afghanistan that are younger people and mm. they've served their time and uh, you know some are still in or some are not it's it's all it's all what they decide and so what we're we're constantly we're faced with is just you know how do we reach these folks let them know that we're we're not what you think we are right we're we're here to help a resource our, yeah well and and our our little tiny branch we used to be we were once the smallest legion in all of canada until they did an addition on it back in the 90s but we raise a lot of money and we give it away to the, you know, to community groups and to support youth programs. And more particularly, our veteran programs are where your poppy dollars go. You know, when, when they say, you know, oh, I'll buy a poppy, we don't sell poppies. You know, we distribute them. Your donation is a public trust fund that we maintain and we get to veterans funds being assisting to purchase a service dog service mm-hmm. dogs oh. have taken off it's an incredible program and we're happy to be part of it we actually have there's other initiatives like homeless veterans programs we had a great group of veterans and civilians programs called the ruck to remember 
And so what these what these fine individuals do is or did, sorry, this summer was for over a month, they walked the Bruce Trail from Tobamori all the way to Niagara on the lake. No. With 50 pound rucksacks on their backs. Wow. Yeah. That's, I believe it's over 800, yeah. almost 900 kilometers. What an achievement. Yeah. And they are, their fundraising is for homeless veterans. And last time I checked, they're still open for fundraising. They can be found on their website. It's Ruck is an R-U-C-K, like a rucksack. Yeah. And Ruck to Remember. They're Ruck to an remember. amazing group of individuals. We were cool. happy to host them a couple of times. We made them breakfast and dinner and gave them some lodgings rather than a cot. We'll make sure to include that website in the show notes for That'd sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a big military history and culture in our community, sure whether that's through the Legion, through the people who've served. We have the training base in Meaford. Yep. Um, the other uh, base board is not too far away. Yep. Do you see a lot of like a lot of former service members in the community? What What are some of their biggest challenges right now or needs returning from service? Well, every individual is just that. They're all on an individual case. Some of the members in our community, if they're more elderly, then we're there to help them, you know, uh, with eyeglasses or mm. dentures. Or, you know, if they're in poorer health, then we're there to get them uh, whatever they need, whether it is a hospital bed for their room or for their home or wheelchair or anything that they need. That's what we're there for. That's what we do. We support them in any way they need. I will say the more younger veterans that are of our newer age, the only thing I hope that we're we're really supplying them is a social, comfortable atmosphere for them, you know, a safe place. Because just thinking of the the horrible things that they've had to deal with being in Afghanistan, it wasn't so much who you're, you know, who you're uh, against there. It's it's the the living conditions. Yeah, you know, the sure. scorpions and the bugs and the things that will kill you that are, you know, ugh. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. We don't think of that, do we? We don't. Yeah. We don't. As civilians, we don't think yeah. of that stuff. And, uh, you know, or sleeping in a hole in the sand, right? Yeah. That sounds not so nice. No. But yeah. So that's, yeah, that's your question where, you know, we hope that we provide a good, safe social atmosphere for them. Yeah. Not just cheap beer. Mm. You know, um, yeah. we're, we're trying to push away from that stigma. It's difficult. And it's, we're not the only ones. We're no, every, every legion in the land is faced with that. But yeah. all we can do is keep up the good work we do. That's right. And be there for them when they need us. There's something you said that I think really strikes me is that, you know, sometimes community groups, municipalities, we all want to become, we all want to diagnose the problems and identify them and get right to them. And I think what you said first and foremost was, we just want to provide a safe space for people. Mm -hmm. The rest will come out in the wash. But if you don't have that first, exactly. that comment makes me think a lot about what our community needs right now, which is we know we want to solve problems. But, you know, we've been through a few years of a pandemic and we've been through some difficult times. And I think we need a little bit of that space and coaching and mentoring to land before we solve problems. I'm yeah. wondering, you know, if you get elected and you're sort of thrust into that, that ecosystem, what would you bring to the table to help create that positive culture on town council? Well, that's just it. And that's what, that's what I bring to the table is my own experience yeah. of being in leadership roles and yeah. just seeing how, seeing how it works with other, other entities. I, I've got that. Uh, I'm not saying that anybody else doesn't. I'm just me in particular. I, I know what works and that's what I hope to bring with me to the table is, you know, how can we do this? Right. Well, yeah. this is what works here. Yeah. And so, you know, can we, you know, can we customize, you know, chop, cut, rebuild that for our community? Absolutely. Yeah. I hear a lot of people talk about, they kind of lament that younger people don't volunteer. 
I think you stand as an example, contrary to that that belief, because you, your volunteer work is very impressive. But I do think that it is harder for younger people to plug in. Do you have a sense of maybe why we don't see as many younger volunteers in the community? Well, I can tell you that they're there. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. They're there. It's just that, you know, as you say, you know, when you don't see them right out in front, then you just will just assume that they're not there at all. Right. So they're there, they're working, they just might not get the profile. That's just it. You know, it's, it is a new age, but we've got a group of younger people that, that help us with our ceremonies, mm-hmm. at, uh, say Remembrance Day. And those, uh, those young people are there, you know, and that's where we're also there again, that safe space that we can encourage that volunteerism and hope that when they are old enough, then they want to join. And, or if they don't want to join, they still want to help out. And that's important for sure. Thanks for listening to Blue Mountain Village Voices, a production of the Blue Mountain Village Association. For more, go to bluemountainvillage.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.